0: Welcome to another episode of Sleep Whispers. I'm Harris, and this is my curious little podcast of whispered ramblings and whispered readings, which I hope will help you to relax and fall asleep. episode number 201, and specifically, it's a storytime episode featuring Hill of the Elves by Hans Christian Andersen. If you're a new listener, then welcome to my little world of whispers. Each week, I rotate through one of six types of episodes. Calm those overactive squirrels in your brain. These episodes include trivia time episodes, fade out episodes, whisperpedia episodes, batch episodes, chat episodes, and tonight you'll hear a story time episode, which means I'll be reading a curious tale to you. If you're interested in listening to over 200 more of my whispering episodes like this one, or listening to my special eight-hour-long episodes of nature sounds and background noises like raindrops, ocean waves, ceiling fans, and white noise, then feel free to click the links in the show notes or visit my website at sleepwhispers.com. All right, tonight's story is titled Hill of the Elves, and it was written by Hans Christian Andersen with some minor edits by me for Length, Clarity, and Suitability. I'll start with a summary first to give you a general understanding of the story. The story begins with the hill of elves buzzing with excitement because there is some special but unknown event that's About to happen. It turns out that the Goblin King and his two sons are coming to the Hill of Elves to visit, and the two sons will select some wives from the seven daughters of the Elf King. Now, the Goblin King ends up getting frustrated with his sons. Because they can't seem to focus on picking out brides. And in my interpretation, when you, when you hear that portion, it kind of sounds like ADHD to me. But that's, that's not mentioned in the story like that. I, I'm just saying the Goblin King may want to get his sons checked out. All right, anyway. In the end, the goblin king ends up selecting a bride for himself, and the story ends with him and his bride not exchanging rings, but exchanging something else, which I thought was kind of funny and silly. I won't I won't spoil it for you. <laughs> there Listen to this story. You can listen to it as a creative and imaginative fairy tale full of inventive creatures, which is probably how Hans Christian Andersen intended it to be. Or, and this is my interpretation, you can listen to it as a parody of wedding planning and wedding receptions. This really adds a lot of humor to the story. The description of the wedding planning in the story sounds like a typical discussion that a bride and groom would have about which crazy relatives, crazy friends, and crazy neighbors to invite, or not to invite, and the description of the gathering sounds like a parody of a wedding reception because they describe typical things that occur, like guests drinking too much, telling Long winded stories, uh, really weird dancing, and there's suggestions of alcohol induced flirting. Yeah, typical wedding reception stuff. Either way you listen, I think it will distract your squirrels, calm your mind, and help you. Before I start the story, I have a podcast suggestion that you may find helpful, especially if you struggle with a positive body image or any type of food issue, because this could be contributing to your restless brain squirrels at bedtime. It is called The Love Food Podcast and the host is a dietitian and a food behavior expert. I picked out a review on Apple Podcasts, which I thought was a great summary. Here it is. Such a thoughtful, kind, and gentle approach to healing one's relationship. So if that sounds helpful to you, then you may want to try the Love Food Podcast. All right, now on to tonight's curious tale. Tonight's story is "Hill of the Elves by Hans Christian Andersen. A few large lizards or running nimbly about in the clefts of an old tree. What a buzzing and a rumbling there is in the Elfin Hill, said one of the lizards. I haven't been able to close my eyes for two nights on account of the noise. I might just as well have had a toothache, for that always keeps me awake. There is something going on there, said the other lizard. They propped up four red posts on top of the hill till early this morning, and the elfin girls have learned some new dances. There is something going on indeed. I spoke about it to an earthworm of my acquaintance said a third lizard. The earthworm had just come from the Elfin Hill, where he has been groping about in the earth, day and night. He has heard a great deal, although he can't see. Poor, miserable creature. Yet he is very good at wriggling and lurking about. They expect friends in the Elfin Hill, grand, isn't sure who they are, or perhaps he really just didn't know. All the will o wisps are ordered to be there to hold a torch dance. The silver and gold, which is plentiful in the hill, will be polished and placed out in the moonlight. Who can these strangers be? asked another lizard. Can the matter be? Oh, hark, what a buzzing and a humming there is. Just at this moment, the elfin hill opened, and an old elfin maiden, hollow behind, came dripping out. She was the old elf king's housekeeper and a distant relative of the family. Therefore, she wore an amber heart. "'on the middle of her forehead. "'Her feet moved very fast. "'Trippity, trippity. "'Good gracious, how she could trip right down to the sea "'to the night raven. "'You are invited to the Elf Hill this evening,' "'she said to the night raven. "'But will you do me a great favor "'and send out these invitations?' You ought to do something, for you have no housekeeping to attend to, as I have. We are going to have some very grand people, conjurers, always have something to say. Therefore the old elf-king wishes to make a great display. Who exactly is to be invited? asked the night-raven. "'Well, all the world may come to the great ball, even human beings,' said the Elfin Maiden. "'If they can only talk in their sleep, or do something after our fashion. "'But for the feast, the company must be carefully selected. "'We can only admit persons of high rank. "'I have had a dispute myself.' With the elf king, as he thought we could not admit ghosts. The merman and his daughter must be invited first, although it may not be agreeable to them to remain so long on dry land. So we'll just have to make sure that they have a wet stone or something like that to sit on, or perhaps something even better. So, I think they won't refuse this time. We must have all the old demons of the first class, with tails, and the imps, and then I think we ought to leave out the Death Horse, and the Great Pig, and maybe even the Church Dwarf. Although they do belong to the clergy, they're not reckoned among our people, but that is merely their office. They are nearly related to us, and do visit us quite frequently. Oh my, said the night raven, as he flew off with the invitations. The elfin maidens were already dancing on the elf-hill, and they danced in shawls woven from moonshine and mist, which look very pretty to those who like such things hall within the Elf Hill was splendidly decorated. The floor had been washed with moonshine, and the walls had been rubbed with magic ointment, so they glowed like tulip leaves in the light. In the kitchen were frogs roasting on the spit, and dishes preparing of snail skins, salad, Mushroom seed, hemlock, noses and marrow of mice, beer from the marshwoman's brewery, and sparkling saltpeter wine from the grape cellars. These were all substantial food. Rusty nails and church window glass formed the dessert. The old elf king had his gold crown polished up with powdered slate pencil. It was like that used by the first form, and very difficult for an elf-king to obtain. In the bedrooms, curtains were hung up and fastened with the slime of snails. There was indeed a buzzing and humming everywhere. Now we must fumigate the place, "'with burnt horse-hair and pig's bristles. "'Then I think I shall have done my part,' "'said the elf-man-servant. "'Father, dear,' said the youngest daughter, "'may I now hear who our high-ranking visitors are?' "'Well, I suppose I must tell you now,' he replied. Two of my daughters must prepare themselves to be married, for the marriages certainly will take place. The old goblin from Norway, who lives in the ancient Dofri mountains, he possesses many castles built of rock and free stone, besides a gold mine, which is better than all, so it is thought, is coming with his two sons. Who are both seeking a wife. The old goblin is a true hearted, honest old Norwegian greybeard, cheerful and straightforward. I knew him formerly when we used to drink together to our good fellowship. He came here once to fetch his wife. She's now passed. She was the daughter of the king of the Chalk Hills at Moen. They say he took his wife from chalk. I shall be delighted to see him again. It is said that the boys are ill-bred, forward lads, but perhaps that's not quite correct, and they will become better as they grow older. Let me see that you know how to teach. Economically, they will come where there is a chance of a ship. I wanted them to come over to Sweden, but the old man was not inclined to take my advice. He doesn't go forward with the times, and that I don't like. Two will-o'-wisps came jumping in. They're coming, they're coming. Ground, said the elf king, and let me stand in the moonshine. The daughters drew on their shawls and bowed down to the ground. There stood the old goblin from the Doffri Mountains with his crown of hardened ice and polished fur cones. Besides this, he wore a bearskin. And great warm boots, while his sons went with their throats bare and wore no braces, for they were strong men. Is that a hill? said the youngest of the boys, pointing to the elf hill. We would call that a hole in Norway. Boys, said the old man goes in, and a hill stands out. Have you no eyes in your heads? Another thing they wondered at was that they were able without trouble to understand the language. Take care, said the old man, or people will think you've not been well brought up. Then they entered the Elfin Hill with a select and grand company assembled, so quickly had they appeared that they seemed to have been blown in together. For each guest, the neatest and pleasantest arrangement had been made. The sea folks sat at a table in great water tubs, and they said it was just like being at home. All behaved themselves properly, excepting. Young northern goblins, they put their legs on the table and thought they were all right. Feet off the tablecloth, said the old goblin. They obeyed, but not immediately. Then they tickled the ladies who waited at the table with the fur cones, which they carried in their pockets. They took off their boots they might be more at ease, and gave them to the ladies to hold. But their father, the old goblin, was very different. He talked pleasantly about the stately Norwegian rocks. He told fine tales of the waterfalls, which dashed over them with a clattering noise like thunder, or the sound of an organ, spreading their white foam on every side. He told of the salmon that leaps in the rushing waters while the water god plays on his golden harp. He spoke of the bright winter nights when the sledge bells are ringing and the boys run with burning torches across the smooth ice, which is so transparent that they can see the fishes dart forward beneath their feet. He described everything so clearly that those who listened could see it all. They could see the sawmills going, the men servants, and the maidens singing songs and dancing a rattling dance. When all at once the old goblin gave the old elfin maiden a kiss, such a tremendous kiss, and yet they were almost strangers to each other. Then the elfin girls First in the usual way, and then with stamping feet, which they performed very well, then followed the artistic and solo dance. Dear me, how they did throw their legs about! No one could tell where the dance begun or where it ended, nor indeed which were legs and which were arms for they were all flying about together like the shavings in a saw pit, and then they spun round so quickly that the death horse and the grave pig became sick and giddy, and they were obliged to leave the table. Stop, cried the old goblin, is that the only housekeeper? Shall soon see what they can do, said the elf king, and then he called his youngest daughter to him. She was slender and fair as moonlight, and the most graceful of all the sisters. She took a white chip in her mouth and vanished instantly. This was her big trick. But the old goblin said he should not like his wife to have such a strange trick. Without his boys would have the same objection. Another daughter could make a figure like herself follow her, as if she had a shadow, which none of the goblin folk ever had. The third daughter was of quite a different sort. She had learned how to make lard elfin pudding with glowworms. She will make a good housewife, said the old goblin, and then saluted her instead of drinking her health, for he didn't drink much. Now came the fourth daughter, with a large harp to play on, and when she struck the first chord, everyone lifted up the left leg, for all the goblins are left-legged, and at the second chord, they found they must do all just what she wanted. That is a delightful woman, said the old goblin. But the two sons walked out of the hill. They weren't paying attention to anything. And what can the next daughter do, asked the old goblin. I have learned everything that is Norwegian, she said, and I will never marry unless I can go to Norway. Then her youngest sister whispered to the old goblin, "'That is only because she's heard in a Norwegian song "'that when the world shall decay, "'the cliffs of Norway will remain standing like monuments, "'and she wants to get there because she wants to be safe "'because she's afraid of sinking.' "'Oh, my,' said the old goblin, Is that what she means? Hmm? Well, what can the seventh and last daughter do? But the Elf King interrupted the Goblin King. Not so fast. The sixth daughter comes before the seventh daughter. But the problem was, the sixth daughter didn't want to come forward. "'I can only tell people the truth,' she said. "'Which no one cares to hear. "'They don't want to trouble themselves with me, "'and I have enough to do already to sew my grave clothes.'" So, she didn't come forward. Then the seventh and the last daughter came. And what could she do? Why, she could tell stories as many as you liked, on any subject. Here are my five fingers, said the old goblin. Now tell me a story for each one of them. So she took him by the wrist, and he laughed till he nearly choked. And when she came to the fourth finger, there was a gold ring on it, as if it knew there was to be a wedding. Then the old goblin said, Hold fast what you have. This hand is yours, for I will have you for a wife myself. Then the elfin girl said that the stories about the ring finger and the little Peter Blayman had not yet been told. We will hear them in the winter, said the old goblin, and also about the fur and the birch trees, and the ghost stories, and of the tingling frost. You shall tell your tales, for no one over there can do it so well, and we will sit in the stone rooms where the pine logs are burning. We will drink mead out of the golden drinking horn of the old Norwegian kings, the water And when we sit there, Nix will come to pay us a visit, and we'll sing you all the songs of the mountain shepherdesses. How merry we shall be! The salmon will be leaping in the waterfalls and dashing against the stone walls. You will not be able to come in. It is indeed very pleasant to live in old Norway. But where are my sons? Yes, indeed. Where were the two sons of the Goblin King? Why, they were running all around the fields and blowing out the will-o'-wisps. Who so good-naturedly came and brought the torches? What tricks have you been playing? said the old goblin. I've taken a mother for you, and now you may take one of your aunts. The youngsters said they'd rather make a speech and drink to their good fellowship. They really didn't have any wish to marry. So they made speeches, and they drank toasts, and tipped their glasses, and it showed that their glasses were empty. Then they took off their coats and laid down on the table to sleep. this new young bride, and instead of exchanging rings with her, they decided to exchange boots. This is the end of this storytime episode. I hope you are.